You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And Wayne, from what I understand, looking at my weather app, there is a massive thunderstorm about to unleash its fury on you. Yes, very much so. It's a real proper, I felt, afternoon thunderstorm. The sky is black and the lightning is already on its way and the wind is howling. So, yeah. A proper one, and we haven't had one for a while, actually. It's been, surprisingly enough, quite warm the last few days. I actually started swimming Mm. in the last seven days for the first time this summer. We had quite a nasty sort of cool spell for a sustained time period, but no, today's a proper high felt thunderstorm. Very good. All you need now is some load shedding, and then you're really stuffed. But uh, We've got load shedding. Oh, you have got load shedding? We've got load shedding. It started at 2 o'clock this afternoon, yeah, stage 2. Oh, really? I thought that, did, that yep. was just a moment in time last week. No, obviously not. No, no, it's yet until, until Saturday morning at best. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Wayne, uh, on other matters, uh, inflation is 5% year-on-year in South Africa, but uh, next month will undoubtedly uh, be higher. We're a little bit behind when it comes to the collation of of inflation data. Uh, uh, Retail sales rose by a fairly tepid 2.1%, according to data also out today. We've got the RAND in the 1550s. uh, But more interesting to me, and what I want to talk to you about is the raft of results we've had out for companies that have their year or half year uh, at um, at the end of yeah. August. There's been so many results, and some of them have been really quite good. And also a few bits of bits and pieces of merger and acquisition activity. What has really stood out for you and your clients when it comes to results and trading statements? We'll look at a couple of things actually. First of all, let's deal with positive ones. Yes, Shoprite came out with. A fantastic set of results. You can't even see the unrest, the July unrest and the lockdowns and anything in their results. They were just fantastic. They had double-digit sales growth. I mean, clearly they're getting market share. Yes. Because then we can discuss the bad ones. And the the, the worst I've seen is Woolworths today. They were terrible. I mean, that was terrible. And last I saw, the share was down about 7%. So that, that was just a shocker. So when we look at SA Food on Woolworths, they actually went backwards on volume. Because although they got some turnover growth, the internal price inflation was higher than the turnover growth, if I'm not mistaken, which means they went backwards. Now, the one positive thing in their result, their non-food business, what do they call it? Fashion, home, and whatever, FBH, whatever, I can't remember. That actually continues its recovery because that was a major problem a couple of years ago in South Africa. And there they showed quite decent growth. Their online sales growth was also quite good, but off a very, very low base. But then Australia was just catastrophic. I mean, there the turnover was down almost 20% because of lockdowns. Now, that's a one-off, and it will improve next time. But just to add more problems that they got, they came up with a trading statement. So the first was like a turnover, you know, a business update. And then the second half of the disclosures today was a trading update where they said earnings will be down more than 20%. And no one geared the market for this. There was no sort of advanced warning or any sort of guidance. Market did not like that because Today, again, SPA came out. Now, SPA is operating in exactly the same South African environment as Woolworths and 
shop right. shop right. Yeah. And I mean, the spa results weren't great. And I think the shares being also pummeled today on the back of Woolworths, maybe if spa's result came out before Woolworths, they might not be hit so hard. Hmm. But the spa results were not bad. I mean, they got turnover growth, they got profit growth, even though it's single digit. So, yeah, those are the, on, the, on the company results. Because up until today, every result that I've read so far about a South African orientated company, and admittedly, ShopRite was the best, showed that the South African consumer was reasonably resilient through all of this, through the unrest, through the million plus jobs lost, through the lockdowns, through the load shedding, through all of these South African uh, characteristics over the last while. But yet Woolworths today and Spa to a lesser extent shows that maybe the consumer is not as resilient as what we thought the, the position was. Well, let's look at to our, econ- Sorry, yeah, let's to our economists, yes. they say they say consumers okay. Well, all I can say is that let's let's say for some uh, unforeseen reason in the future you go to jail, Wayne, and you go to jail for for a year for um, for some white collar crime. Now you get out of jail, and uh, the first thing you do is you go to your favourite restaurant. Uh, and you go to your favorite uh, shop and you, you buy some clothes and you have a del- delicious meal. And this goes on for about a week after you're released from uh, being incarcerated. And then after that, you say, OK, I've done my thing. And now I'm just going to go back to normality. Yeah. Maybe the consumer is doing that after lockdown. Maybe it's the yeah. get out uh, of jail was, syndrome. There was, clearly, there was clearly some pent up demand that was happening there. But even if you look at, I mean, the retail sales numbers, even though you say they're tepid, I mean, that's not bad. But yeah, there was clearly, but that's why last year we shrank by 6.5%. This year we're growing by 4 or 5%. So there is an element of catch-up after the slump we saw last year. Yes. Yeah, but you know, when you're sitting here in the dark, which we are, which I will be saw shortly, yes. <laughs> you know, you sometimes you start feeling a bit, yeah. There's something quite nice about it. It's down by everything. There's something quite uh, quite, um, actually appealing to sitting in the dark and the lightning's flashing outside and the rain is pounding on your roof. I quite like that, yeah, exactly. Apart from the fact you can't cook yourself a delicious meal. I want to look at Tongark Hewlett. No, no, I've I've got gas. I can always cook Eskimo no Eskimo. Okay, good. Well done to you. Um, as part of THL's ongoing turnaround strategy, that's Tongot Hewlett, uh, which commenced two yep. and a half years ago, uh, THL has uh, achieved a 42% reduction in debt through the successful implementation of asset disposal, stringent cash flow management and cost reduction efforts, etc., etc. Um, but in order to achieve a further reduction in debt to a sustainable level and in line with the debt refinance currently being finalised with uh, the company's South African lenders, THL has been in- exploring strategic alternatives, i.e. a rights offer. Share price down 21%, yeah. Wayne. That's big. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. Look, they're going to do a $4 billion rights offer, which $2 billion is going to be underwritten by a partner. It's a Mauritius-based company. You haven't heard of them before. Mm-hmm. And currently, they are a Tonga shareholder, but like 0.1% or something. It's very, very small. Yes. And they're going to come up Look, Tongot's interesting. They've been around forever. And then in the housing boom 20 years ago, 15 years ago, they had all this sugarcane land sitting there growing sugarcane on the Natal coast. 
and they went into property development. And in the housing boom, it was just fantastic. Not dissimilar to AECI at Modafontaine with all of the land they had there. But of course, Tongot built that whole big area in Umschlanga. I mean, that was all Tongot cane fields. And I mean, it's a magnificent property development. They got that huge shopping center there. And they've got all of these very, very fancy buildings there. But then the property market died in the global financial crisis. And yet they had so much infrastructure and they were caught because they carried on putting too high a value on it, thinking they're going to sell it. They capitalized expenditure that shouldn't have been capitalized. They had fictitious values on their balance sheet. And eventually it all caught up with them and everything folded on them. But they've still got this land. It's still an asset. eh? And at some stage, you know, maybe not before I die, there will be another property boom in South Africa and that land will attract value again. So I suppose if you're a true deep value investor, you know, and you can take the longer term, take a 20 year view, you, 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 and everything falls into place as you anticipate. You could be buying an absolute bargain of the century, yeah? yes. but it's extremely risky. Yeah, it is. So anything to do with commodities and cyclicality is is risky. If you if you buy it at the top, then yes. you really have got to be a deep value investor because it's going to be years and yeah. years until it uh, turns around yeah. again. But turn around, it will. Yes. But goodness me, you've got to have the patience of Job for that sort of thing. Yes. And, and I, you know, look, I've been in investment so long now. I And I've often wondered, first of all, is there an answer to investments? You know, is it value investment? Is it growth investment? Is it growth at a reasonable price investment? Is it dividend yield investment? In other words, what's the actual answer? And, that, and the truth is there is no absolute answer to investments. And I've come to the summary that growth investors – have six great years and one terrible year. And then value investors have six terrible years and one great year. <laughs> okay, so you, what you've got to do is <laughs> you've got to uh, adjust you try your and get por- some balance. Yeah, you've got them. to adjust your portfolio accordingly and uh, and try and work out if the economic cycle uh, suits growth or, or value at one yes. particular time, which is totally difficult. The last 12 years has just been... Growth. The last 12 years has just been growth shares. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Full stop. Yeah. And when you say growth shares, you mean tech stocks. You mean the, the, the fangs yeah. and, and the ill. Well, the, 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 the type of shares that are growth shares now might have changed. It might have been tech. But, you know, you've had property were the growth shares at one stage. Platinum shares were the growth shares at one stage. So the, the sector changes in the last 12 years has definitively been tech. But, you know, you've got rising interest rates in South Africa, maybe tomorrow, but you've got rising interest rates globally. The next move is up. That's not good for growth shares. Eh? No. We must be, we must be cautious. It's, it's lovely. I mean, it's, it's lovely when you're an equity investor and then today again, our all share hits record high. And overseas, it's record high, record high, record high. You know, that's when you must start becoming cautious now. Because those factors that drove all of the record highs are reversing. You know, inflation is going up, interest rates are going up, um, central bankers are pulling money out of the market, not putting money in. All of the sort of free money related to the, the virus and all of those payouts and all of those grants and all of those things worldwide 
they're also coming to an end, or they're, they're in fact not coming to an end. Well, except in South Africa, they, but they are either have finished or are coming to an end. So the massive, massive boost over the last 12 years, I'm not saying it's reversing, but it's definitely slowing down quite considerably. And I mean, I'm not massively negative on equity because I don't think there's a consumer debt bubble that's going to be burst by higher interest rates because ultimately that's what you need. Uh, you need a debt bubble somewhere that's going to be burst by higher interest rates that gives you a true collapse in the equity market and in the world's economy. I mean, in the big debt bubble in 2002, 2003 was a consumer debt bubble. The big debt bubble in 2008 was essentially the bank's balance sheet debt bubble or, or an investment debt bubble, a gear debt bubble. The only debt bubble around now is government debt, but they can that doesn't burst per se. You know? No, it doesn't I think burst. Our children are going to our children, not in only South Africa worldwide, our children are going to pay back that debt that governments have built up because it is astonishing the level of debt that governments have overseas more even more so than in South Africa, quite frankly. Because it's easy to finance debt at zero percent or point six percent or as we've seen in a few cases, negative percentages. But when those interest rates go up to 2 or 3% long bond, which is the more natural level in global markets, it becomes very difficult and very expensive to finance, to finance that debt because it rolls over all the time and you have got to reissue. So, but that's not today's problem. As I said, our, our children can answer that problem. Or, or grandchildren, even. I mean, look at the US 10 year bond year. Yeah, grandchildren, probably, you know, because we've been saying children. 1.6, yeah. 1.63%. It was 1.15% yeah. earlier this year. It was also 1.75% earlier this year. This is yeah, the, it was also, also 0.6 a year ago. Yeah, exactly right. So it's, it's been an incredibly yeah. volatile asset class. Yeah. yeah. If inflation is four or five, Either inflation's going down or the long bonds going up. One of those two things is going to happen. I think both. Um, I think both as well. Yes, I think so too. Uh, Wayne, we've got to talk. Uh, there's just one thing. Uh, an asset management company, which is probably a rival to yours because you're an asset manager as well, 91. Uh, share, I think the yes, numbers came fantastic. out yesterday. Um, but the share price are only really reacting today, around, up around about 4%. On, no, it went up yesterday screen. as well. It went up yesterday as well. Good set of numbers. Yeah, that's a very good set of results. Now, Hendrick's done extremely well there. Mm. He's done extremely well. I mean, they've got 140 billion. Pounds, asset under management. Mm. Pounds. It's a lot of money. I mean, that is astonishing amount of money. Yeah. It, it truly is. And, and they've been very, very successful in a global arena. And maybe as far as shareholders are concerned, they had to get unbundled out of Investec. Yeah. Because Investec, you know, Investec went overseas with a big stick, late 90s, somewhere around there. They, 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 they went there. Now, they didn't lose as much money as Old Mutual and of many, many other South African companies who went overseas, but it hasn't been successful. And that's always held back the share price, let's say, of Investec, and then almost by definition, when Investec Asset Management was in Investec, the market didn't give enough credit. Now, I know that must be 10 years ago, 8 years ago, 
the management of the asset manager did buy 10 or 15% of the equity of the asset manager from investing. But now they're completely unbundled. And uh, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll be totally honest. They are one of the preeminent investment companies and managers that that I've had experience exposure to. I've known Hendrik in particular for... Oh, it must be 30 years now, if not a little bit longer. Yes. Well, he started it in 91, of course, and that's why it's called 91. Yes. Uh, He was was one of the founding members. And the the, the thing is, over the years as a broadcaster, 20 years is now, they've always been. I mean, there are certain people that I like talking to. It's you and Shapiro. Yeah, they're nice chaps. Yeah, but they're very clever as well. I mean, they're steady yes. and they're clever, and there's not a huge turnover of staff, which I think is terribly important. No, they've been they've been they've been very very consistent with uh, staff retention. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and even, know, staff retention is all. It's not just money. It's operating environment, working environment, the success of the company. It's it's very difficult to establish what makes an asset manager truly successful over long time periods. Mm. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a relatively unique mix that you've got to get right to achieve that goal. And an integral part of that mix is the head honcho, the bozza. It's got to be the right person. Hendrik yeah. Dutoy, yeah. It's got to be the right person. Yeah, I spoke to him a couple of days ago, actually, and uh, you know, you know when someone's doing well and is very busy because uh, I had a seven-minute interview scheduled. As soon as it was seven minutes, he said, "Thanks, Lindsay, goodbye," and off he went because he's so so busy. And so, I mean, he's he'd been to Glasgow for COP26. Anyway, let's not talk about arrival. Let's talk about something far more important now, uh, because although it's a, um, what is it today, November the seventeenth, Wayne, and uh, there's five weeks until Christmas, we have to start planning right now. Um, so yes. I want, we, we've, got, we've got to start to have a series of chats about um, Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner. First of yes. all, what do you normally do? Normally, it's just the two of us. Mm. Not every year, but normally it's just the two of us. And we cook up a Christmas lunch at home. Right. And then we have the leftovers on Boxing Day as well. We always have a social event over Christmas, New Year. This year, we're going out to the cradle of humankind. There's a very nice hotel there, and we're spending New Year's Eve there, and there's a good couple of our friends coming along, and we're going to do stargazing. But Christmas, we actually like to do just the two of us, and then we'll always have two things. We will have a roast lamb, either either a, ah. a physical roast, a leg, a leg, or we'll get a rack of, of, of lamb and roast it. And then we always go to, um, not Berliner, what's the other one? Maybe it is Berliner, but either Berliner or Siemens, mm. they're speciality deli people, and we buy the gammon from them because they can cook it. And more importantly, they can slice it because gammon's got to be sliced thin. Yes. You just buy it straight from them, and it comes with the little cherries and the glazing and all of that, and it is delicious. I mean, it is truly delicious. Studied with cloves, I Roast potatoes. Yeah. yeah, the whole lot. Roast potatoes, uh, cauliflower with cheese sauce on, no broccoli, no Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I think Brussels sprouts is, are almost solely responsible for people like me 
not like not really liking vegetables because I was forced to eat Brussels sprouts. They're delicious, Wayne. I'm sorry on this one. No, if they're you, not delicious. No, 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 no they are very no, delicious. No, 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 you you cook them beautifully. First of all, no. you don't get them waterlogged like uh, like certain people do because they cut the cross in the top and that becomes waterlogged. You just peel the outer layer of leaves off the thing. You trim off the little knobbly bit at the end and you bung them in boiling salted water and then afterwards you put a big knob of butter on them and swirl it all up. I'm sorry, Wayne. I have to disagree with you on that. No, no, no. Well, look, look. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can cook them better than my mother, mother did to cook them. But I physically hated them. <laughs> but no, we'd have cauliflower and cheese sauce, and then sliced carrots, lightly cooked, not 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 overcooked. No sugar on the carrots. I don't know why some people put sugar on. Carrots, no, that's stupid. No sugar on mm. on the carrots, and then we'll do a very nice whole grain rice, so like a bit of a a bran type of rice, so a rough rice, mm -hmm. uh, and it's I mean it, it, the, the the texture and that is is really nice, and then some 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 gravy. But I listened to your story the other day, yes, about putting jam in with your gravy. We're going to try that this year. Yeah, but don't it. don't do it for the main event. I mean, have a little sort of almost like a rehearsal uh, with with putting yeah. some some jam in there. But it really do, it really does help. Um, you've got no, to have I'm, the right. I'm going, to, I'm going to try that out. Please do, and then we'll have. We'll have classic pudding, ice cream with chocolate sauce and sprinkle nuts. Okay. Have you ever, I mean, my, the, the, you, you, you're obviously not a turkey person. Uh, man, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a little bit indifferent to turkey. I've had some good turkey, but I've had some absolutely awful turkey as well. Yeah. You see, the problem so with I turkey. Never cook a turkey. Yeah, the problem with turkey is that it's, it's it's probably been in the freezer for about a year, and for then they year, and yeah. then they and then they stick and it in, dry. and it's dry and it's old and everything. It's full of hormones. Yeah. Uh, so I would agree with you on that. And I don't think that South Africa produces fresh turkeys. I'm not sure, but I don't think that they do. The best turkey I ever had yeah. was when I was living in a house on the border of Craigall Park and Parktown North, and I did it on the Weber. And uh, it was, took about five hours, and it was absolutely succulent and delicious yeah, look, and fantastic. But uh, since then, I've now I'm, I'm off turkey for Christmas. I'm, I agree with you on this one. Yeah, but now my favourite Sunday roast place, the Bullet Pub. We all we 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 when I go there, I'm the youngest. <laughs> they do uh, Christmas in July. They didn't do one this year. Yeah. They did one last year, surprising enough, but they didn't do one this year because maybe we went into that extra lockdown period. They so what we did with them is not this Sunday, next Sunday. Right. They're doing a little pre-Christmas thing. A couple of us, couple of us, and few friends in that are going there, and they're doing a, a sort of Christmas in November, if you want to call it that. Okay. And they can do turkey really nicely. It's okay. succulent. It's actually incredibly tasty. But maybe the best thing about theirs is the chap who runs it, guy by the name of Mike. He makes his own stuffing. And I don't know what all he puts into it, but it, when you have the stuffing and the turkey with nice gravy, it, it, it is fantastic. Yeah, my stuffing is normally sage, onions, uh, mushrooms, uh, and a few other things. But uh, yeah, anyway. But next week, Wayne, what we'll do is that uh, we'll go for uh, an alternative Christmas. If, if I say to you, okay, uh, you're not going to, you can't have the lamb, you can't have the leg or the rack of lamb. You've got to have something different, almost like a. Uh, a, a beach braai Christmas, uh, and I, I know a lot you. of people like uh, giant prawns and that sort of thing uh, for Christmas. Or mm. does that not appeal to you? No, that definitely appeals to me. I've got a very good story to tell about that. Okay, so we we save that for next week. 
Yes. Okay, let's do so. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday.